Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Carrie Ad Lloyd. And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created the The Weirdos Weirdos Book Club. Join us. A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club, but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram, at Sarah and Carrie Ads Weirdos Book Club, for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along and share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank Thank you for reading with us. We We like reading with you. This week's book guest is... Mrs. Caliban by Rachel Ingalls. What's it about? It's about an unsatisfied housewife who falls in love with a big green fish man. What qualifies it for the Weirdos Book Club? Well, did you hear what we said about the big green fish man? In this episode, we discuss grief, trauma, love, friendship, infidelity and avocados. Trigger warning, in this episode, we also discuss pregnancy loss, child loss, car accidents and domestic violence. Hello to you. (laughs) Caveat, you'll be very pleased with this book. It's a grief book. Do you know what? It is and it isn't. Oh. Lots of books use grief as a narrative device. Okay. Not all books go into grief. Sure. And I don't think this book is going into grief in the way that you'd expect, considering the character. So what's happened to our main lady, Dorothy, is her son dies of an allergic reaction to anaesthetic. But it's dealt with... As in, that's not really what the plot is about. No. And you're meeting her not at a point of crisis. No. But in the years afterwards. Yeah. So in the is, continued grief. Yeah. This book, I should say, so the reason I think it's a grief book is I mentioned to someone that I just had a miscarriage and they sent me this book. Oh, you are fucking joking. Well. <laughs> God. No, but the reason. Oh, it, my God. All of us, you know, when we're going through personal tragedies and emotional events, press books on other people and go, yeah. you know what, help me. You are not alone by Carrie Lloyd. <laughs> You are not alone, but Carad Lloyd covers every grief. <laughs> a to Z. It doesn't. Um, no matter how old the griever. <laughs> how old? Um, no, it, so, I don't cover all griefs. I talk about all griefs. Yes, but, um, yes. It was right what they did. Okay. Because they were saying sometimes it just needs to be mentioned as part of a character's narrative. Oh, yeah. Because sure. there's something that's really hugely common. Yeah. And it's all you want to think about actually when you're going through yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a sad book that doesn't make you sad. Agreed. 
Yes. Agreed. So uh, they okay. did do a nice thing. I'm just, it, yeah, I'm surprised because for me, like I said, it's grief is the narrative background to a bigger narrative. So it's not a grief book, having read a lot of grief mm. books, where it's like, it's really investigating what grief is. I think it's actually... Oh, it's not doing that. Yeah, no. that's what I mean. For me, a grief book has to be like, we're going into what is grief and how but, we feel it. Whereas this is a character that's grieving and yes. then the story happens to her. But the character would not behave <clears throat> this way, I sincerely believe. Yes, yes. Unless she had been through the traumatic events she had been through and the same with her husband. I think her husband's behaviour is grief related Mm. and then later on, her friend Estelle, you have Mm. another person reacting from huge trauma. Yeah, true. I suppose it's like, you know, where where in the recipe does it contain egg? (laughs) It's like... I, I would put the egg lower, you would yes. put the egg higher, but someone allergic to eggs would still be aware of the egg in this book. <laughs> I just want to say there's no egg in this book. If you are allergic, you can still <laughs> You can read still this read book. it. I think what I wanted to say at the beginning yeah. was that it's a sad book. We're going to talk about some very sad things. Yes, but this definitely. book could be classed as a comedy in its mm. flippancy or yeah, just that's matter what of I fact. Mean. And yeah. it's also magical and fairy tale. And I mean, not that that doesn't mean it can't be a grief book, mm. but it's not just about grief. And as you said, no, you said it's not just not trying to investigate grief. It's trying to investigate what would you do if you started hearing voices through the radio and then Aquarius turns up. And then a frogman turned up who... Actually, seven, seven foot... Six foot seven. Six foot seven. He's pretty hot. All right, yeah. He's, oh, let me describe him to you. Does it remind <laughs> you of anyone? Muscular, vegetarian, sexually magnetic and excellent at housework. It me. <laughs> Larry the frogman is a revelation and their passionate affair takes them on a journey beyond their wildest dreams. I want to say this book is light. It's a it's a short novella, as what some people would say. What how many pages is it? Like hundred. All books are light to me because I'm so muscular, <laughs> vegetarian, <laughs> and good at housework. I had never heard of this book. It was published in 1982. Well, um, yes. Well, the sad thing about the introduction to this book, actually, and I wanted to tell you felt about this, is that the author is described as obscure. Well, she isn't. She isn't. She's interesting. So she was obscure in her lifetime, apart from. So this is written in 1982 didn't do particularly amazingly in 1986 it was listed on by the british book marketing council as one of the top 20 american novels of the post-world war ii period yeah which is huge so no what basically no one had heard of it and it went from that to being massive but then that success kind of petered away again until 2017 when it was reissued the film shape of water came out and is very similar plot line oh, yeah. and lots of people said as actually lots of different authors did mm. said you've nicked my work she didn't Rachel didn't she said I don't care it's about a sea monster and Del Toro was taken to court by other people <gasps> who's it um other writers said you've have you read the Pisces now. I have read the Pisces yeah and did, uh, did she take him to court I don't think so okay um but he said it's based on like 1950s Creatures of the Black Lagoon. Because it's a common trope, sea monster thing. You, yeah, you can't invent. Exactly. So Rachel monsters, said, yeah. I have no problem with this film. I'm very like happy. But it kind of brought this book back because everyone was like, oh, this oh, is wow. Mrs. Caliban. Okay. And then it got reissued in America and um, she got all these amazing reviews from The New Yorker and became very successful in America. And she died in 2019. So just before she died, she oh, wow. was okay. aware that she'd had success and her sister said or it was maybe a friend said she seemed to be not merely happy but like Violetta in the final scene of her favourite opera La Traviata Reborn oh my gosh that's so lovely isn't that lovely I was astounded she told the globe the main thing to me is just being published and really after that I don't care oh Rachel she's a writer's writer is what I, I think so she it's a really interesting book in that it's kind of had its moment twice yeah but 
I don't know about you. This book is incredible to me. Yeah, it's incredible. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Grief book or not grief book? I can't yeah. believe more people... Like, this book should be everywhere. Why it's, is this not an absolute classic? It's really classic? original. It's incredibly original. It's really special. There's social commentary. Oh, there's jokes. It's funny. It's weird. It's magical. The it's, plot? Yeah. It's got some absolute twists in there. It's a page turner. Yes. For such a tiny book, a lot happens. It's like a poem. Yeah. Like, it's so... She's so deft with her text yeah. in, in such... And really good uh, dialogue between characters. Oh, when amazing she, When she bumps into Estelle at the supermarket oh, for the first time. So good. To set up a friendship and a friend character and how funny that character is so quickly and then the the, the marionettes keep coming forward with cheese oh so they're all just brilliant scenes so brilliant yeah and she's so i was saying this to i was trying to describe it to someone else of like why it's good and just saying to have the confidence to move plot along the way she does mm. like some books would spend 200 pages on that I'm going to the supermarket. She goes, she does it. She meets Frogman. He's, they're having a relationship. She just, they lie down on the bed. She says, this is embarrassing. And he's like, then they get up and you're like, we've had sex. But even, the, even the decision. So she, she knows from the radio and I know mm. you listen to the radio. I don't know how you'd react if Radio 4 started uh, sort of interfering with your life. But she well, sort of is... Let me tell you about a pilot that went very wrong a long time ago. <laughs> teetering on the edge of... She's hearing voices, so she's maybe yeah, not yes. mentally she starts very to well. Hear voices that but she reassuring voices, telling her it's all going to be okay. Yes. And then she hears a news report which she thinks could be, you know, her voices again about a, a big Aquarius sea monster who's murdered two men, two captors, and escaped. And then later on, when she's cooking spaghetti bolognese for her husband and a work friend, the guy turns up in her kitchen, she hands him some celery. <laughs> She's, there's this split second, what do I do? Well, she's reaching for a knife yeah. and she reaches celery and this is the first time someone has sort of been kind to him. Mm. So he takes the celery and eats it because he's starving. Mm. So it's an act that she meant to be protective that he took as peaceful mm. and then he moves in with her. And her husband and her at this point, because so they have had the loss of their child and she's had a miscarriage and since that point they've been in single beds, not really communicating. He doesn't want to talk about no. any of the grief or the loss. There's a really heartbreaking line so mm. there's lots of it's really hard no oh is this about the grief no matter how much you loved someone yes there was a limit to the amount of crying you could stand hearing just before that sentence she's crying about the dog dies yeah which is the third the third one yeah. and she says everything near her died she had said everything it was a wonder the grass on the front lawn didn't turn around and sink back into the earth she cried for days weeks and fred began to explain less and even to talk less no matter how much you love someone there was a limit to the amount of crying you could stand hearing now that is incredible because it describes how it feels to be grieving mm. and how it, it feels to watch someone grieve in like mm. five sentences. Yeah. In that it's awful and it's awful yeah. and no one can bear it. Yeah. And and nobody wins. Yeah. I found it, even though it's dealt with so deftly, mm. the, the separate beds, the, mm. the lack of conversation about trying for other children, mm. because how would a relationship flourish under the weight of so much sadness? And she says to Estelle, we can't get divorced, we're too unhappy. Yes, that's right. We're too, happy people get divorced, people yeah. who expect happiness at the end of it or to be happier. And it's like it's another grief, isn't it? Mm. If they divorced, they have to move out that house where the child lived. Yeah. And so they're frozen and that room has become the room of not yeah. Scotty stuff, but... And which is also, weirdly, as she says, how she's able to have an affair and have Larry the Frogman live in her house without her husband knowing because he, he avoids that room because he thinks the, the toys are in there he's avoiding the room and he's having affairs not working late she never knows where he is they don't talk they holiday separately so mm. it's a very very Dorothy's so lonely so so lonely I revoke my opinion <laughs> 
it is about grief. But do you know what? It's more, it feels like it captures so much more. So it's like yes. she's not just focusing on that. Like if it was just, oh, my husband's having an affair and I have an affair with a frogman. But it's mm. not just that, is it? No. So much more. So the radio makes voices. The guy turns up. We meet Estelle. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm excited about this I'm excited about the portrayal of a female friendship. Oh, so Estelle's divorced. Estelle's divorced. It has two kids. She thinks Dorothy should get divorced. Mm-hmm. She complains about her kids. She makes very, very strong coffee. Yep. Uh, Dorothy she drinks. She drinks too much. Yeah. She's a bit judgmental about her drinking. Yeah, she is, definitely. <laughs> but um, when it describes how they became friends, yeah. which was them, <laughs> like she said, she, she sort of describes them in her kitchen. Just all they could say was the bastards. The bastards while drinking. <laughs> over and yeah. over again. Um Later on, she says, once or twice, our lives were broken up so seriously that each of us was nearly ready to go under, really. So when something hits Estelle badly, it hits me too. I was like, yeah, that's... Yeah, but then sort of the the last third of the book, we find out slightly more of the narrative. And I almost, normally on this show, we're like, of course there's spoilers, how can we talk about a book? But I'm like, if you want to read this book... We don't need to spoil it. But I would say, if you, any of this has piqued your interest, stop listening now and go and read it. Because... One of the things I genuinely enjoyed so much was not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. Because the plot does twist all over the place. Yes. From now on, I feel like we might have to occasionally. Okay. But we'll try not to. No, we can do. Well, we'll you're try you're not right, to. you've said switch off. Switch off. I feel like this is bad business. <laughs> it is bad business, yeah. but this book is so good and it's so light. Switch off, then come back. Yeah. Don't okay. go away forever. God, you're expecting a lot of people. Yeah. The book's that good. If you like books, and yeah, okay. like me, you handed this to me mm-hmm. and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, what's this? What's yeah. this? I know, I saw. Oh, you saw my face. Oh, Mrs. Caliban. Because I thought it might be a bit Shakespeare-y. <gasps> oh, I see. I yeah. was expecting like some, like something about that. And I, I thought it was going to be on an island with a storm. Yeah, and I and I don't, Tempest is not my favourite play. And obviously... Oh, it's no one's favourite It's no one's favourite. And it's, I've had to do so much stuff about Caliban at university. So I thought we were going to be all like that. And okay. then when Hot Larry turned up, the frogman, <laughs> I was wrong. I mean, I read it in two nights. It's... Okay, so we're doing spoilers now. Yeah, now... We've got rid of everyone. Entering the world of spoilers. When we find out later on... Oh, my God. ...that Estelle had had a relationship with Dorothy's husband, What Fred. the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? I couldn't believe it, And Sarah. not only that, I couldn't believe Dorothy that. to be the person who stopped them being happy together. Which is why, at the beginning of the book, she's saying, why don't you get divorced? Yeah. Saying to Dorothy, you should get divorced. Get divorced. Why don't you do it? Get You're so divorced. miserable. Because she, and she says at the end, that line... You are the reason I've we've mm. been un- everyone's unhappy. Everyone does die around you. Mm. And this person who you think has been a friend, who you've been like so happy that she has at least she's yes, got Estelle. She's got ally. She drops everything for Estelle. She nearly tells Estelle about Larry the mm. Frogman. And you're thinking, maybe you should, maybe Estelle will help you, like you are in this mad situation. Estelle doesn't love her. Her husband doesn't no. love her. And then her daughter's then having an affair with Fred. Estelle's daughter. Yeah. Estelle's also, daughter is a child. Yes. yes. Has moved on. So Fred does not come out well of this. No. no. And he no. also hits her historically, we're told, about a situation where, yes, where he was, she the, was dog, her, the, dog, the dog gets run over. She's desperately sad and her husband hits her to, in quotation marks, calm her down. Yeah. It's, it's a self-set 50s, right? I feel like I, I was like, did he yes. ever actually say when it is, if I just missed that? It doesn't feel like it's set in the 80s. No, not at all. Because it's radio, not television. Yes, and also when the incident happens that Estelle's son is mm. killed. I know oh, that is on the news, isn't it? But it's yeah. on everything's very blurry. Mm. Like she can't see the picture properly. So I was like, oh, we're dealing with a time where you literally don't know who's been killed in like yes. this accident because you can't see their face properly. And then people yeah. have to, everyone keeps ringing around going, oh, it looks like Joey, it looks like him. And Estelle's not answering her door. But 
the feminist commentary within this book mm. with moments like the way that that hit is put in or later on where yes. Estelle's talking about why you can't trust doctors and take the drugs. Oh, yes. Because if Don't you keep crying, the yeah, they'll, they'll just put you into an asylum. Because it's easier for them to handle you yeah. that way. And the way Estelle says that, that was your problem, Dorothy. You mm. took the drugs. And they nearly took you yeah. away. Mm. And as if, and obviously her son has died because of this operation. It should have been a routine operation. He had a random allergic mm. reaction and... It, it, it seems like it's been dealt with with a shrug of the shoulders of like, oh, well, these things happen. Off you go. Your son is dead. So this mistrust of men and yes. the medical world yeah. does have a very 50s vibe about it, doesn't yeah. it? Of like not, women not being believed in any shape or form. And being very disenfranchised, although she's not, she's able to have an affair with a frogman <laughs> who then goes on to murder more. <laughs> Larry the Frogman's an amazing character. Yeah, amazing. Really amazing. He doesn't talk like a human. Like no. she's the way his dialogue is. He genuinely because his questions. What yes. I mean, the fact that he's sort of trying to learn that dance. The Merce Cunningham. He keeps the, like doing the dance at her, and she doesn't even know what it is until they see like, an he's advert. Like, what is this? And yeah. he's basically trying to do contemporary dance. Yeah. And then she says it's dancing. He goes, No, it's not. I've seen ballet. That's not dance. Yeah. And yeah. I mean. I googled some Merce Cunningham last night. Oh, is that a real person? Yes, yeah, so he's a very famous choreographer. Okay. He's in a relationship with John Cage for a long time. Ooh. And they work together a lot. And he's contemporary. If you can imagine a man in tights John and Cage a vest. John Cage was obsessed with a dancer. Yeah, really this, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. My dad was talking about this the other day. So Merce Cunningham's style yeah. is exactly what the spoof of contemporary dancer. Like tights, vest, jerky weird movements. Oh, lovely. Like weird, and John Cage music. Yeah. Like exactly what you would find in a comedy sketch of contemporary dance. Oh, I see. That's but why Larry was, was confused. He was revolutionary and he changed the way that dance happened yeah. and he was a, he came from ballet background but he like used the body in a completely different way. So he's, Ooh, he's yeah. a legend of his yeah. form. So it's fascinating that Larry is watching like a new form of language and communication that even Dor and Dorothy struggles to say what it is because mm. it's like what is contemporary dance like it's not they have some really great conversations where he's asking her quite existentialist questions yes. and so she comes to even doubt where they're talking about why human beings mate the way they do oh my god yeah she's having to describe okay well <clears throat> women are looking for a man yeah <laughs> who are like this and a, mm, is that true is that right when he says, um, this made me really laugh, she's talking about these people they don't like. The more Dorothy told him, the more he seemed fascinated. What struck him as most interesting was the fact that although Dorothy and Estelle talked about the Cranstons being friends, neither of them genuinely liked the couple. Yeah. Is this usual, he asked. After some thought, Dorothy said she figured it probably was. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, friends that you don't like, that yeah. couple friends that you don't like. You wouldn't believe that as a teenager. No. If, 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 it's such an adult life thing. Yes. Well, I still used to, my mum used to, I say to her, like, oh, who was best man at mm. your wedding? And she was like, well, I don't know where he is now. And I was like, but how can you, he was best man. At yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't know what happened to him. And as a kid, I was like, you made a bad call. <laughs> Didn't choose a friend that you trusted. And now I'm like, oh, I see. People can be at your wedding and you are you don't know where they are anymore. Because mm. at that point in time, they were part of your life and something happens and you, you know, they're now they're not. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a very which is, but I think that's preferable <laughs> to the opposite, which is people who hate their friends that they're trapped with. Oh yes, yeah. My mum's like that. She's a mover on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's healthy. On. So Larry, he describes where he com comes from, and he says everyone is the same. Yes, and that bit where she says to him, they're like talking and getting confused, and she's like, mm. he says, "Oh, I don't think I meant that." She's like, "Oh, you didn't mean people are the same." He's like, "No, I did. Everyone is the same because the they all do the same thing." And this answer as well, she said, do you, will they recognise you? And he was like, yeah, 
because I'm smell like I'm me yeah and, I, and you know and he has a bit of a fear but he doesn't seem to have any existential crisis about what's happening to him he just wants to get back home which mm. is the Gulf of Mexico which is she's planning to drive him down there but and we struggle he's captured so some scientific yes. institute captures him finds him captures him he's human like but he's not human mm. and they've been doing experiments on him so they've taught him how to speak that's why he can yeah. communicate they've played him music they've fed him foods but also had orgies with him sexually abused him it yeah. seems but that's why he kills two of his the, the scientists and has yeah. escaped which is when we should have said when Dorothy meets him <laughs> that's why he's on yes. the run yeah we did say we said that there was an announcement on the radio yeah I don't think we said why <laughs> Yeah, I said he'd murdered two oh, yeah. chapters from this from the yes, institute. From the institute. So yeah. he, you, when you hear it on the radio, you're like, "Oh, a scary sea monster is out and about." And then mm. obviously we meet the person and we discover, and he's instantly sympathetic. Yes, we are very sympathetic to Larry, even though the one thing we know not only that he's killed two scientists, but one of them, like he beheaded and gutted. Yeah. So it wasn't just. Yeah, no, he wasn't just it, self-defense. He he was fur- angry with them yeah. for what they had done to him. Yeah. And I felt like she does. So amazingly, at the beginning, you're like, oh, Larry's a victim. And as it goes on, you're like, I'm a bit worried about her being with Larry. Like, there's loads of bits I felt wary of, like... Oh, you were wary of Larry. Yeah, towards the end, I was like, what's happening? Because he was saying such weird stuff. And she just implicitly was like, I trust you. He starts taking the car out by himself. And she's saying to him, we shouldn't go here. It's not safe. And he's like, I don't care. Hmm. And she says, like, oh, he's... She says that phrase, like, oh, he's breached a new boundary now like he's not worried about being safe anymore yeah, and it felt like a, free. yeah it was like a dangerous boyfriend thing of like I don't quite trust you like oh, really yeah I didn't trust him I did trust him I think maybe it's because I like vegetarians <laughs> I loved his passion for lettuce and mm, yeah when he had an avocado for the first time yeah, and it's he's, like that he's... vegetable is the best vegetable I've had I'm allergic to avocados what yes did you I not know? know of course I didn't know I knew about onions <laughs> I can eat onions now what oh no big changes how I'm really allergic to avocados. What? So did you find it triggering? I found it... Tri- <laughs> that he I was eating 20 avocados a day. The bag of them, I thought, oh, it makes me feel... Did you? Yeah, because I find Whereas them I disgusting. Like, mm, I want to make a salad. Oh, no. Cover it in slimy when green avocados. describing slicing the top, yeah. I was like, oh, God, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, the vegetable stuff was good. Also, didn't you love when he was describing the makeup? Oh, the co- yeah. So his, his skin is dark green, and yeah. then he put on different shades of makeup well they try to see about wearing yes. a wig and getting yeah. sunglasses she, she sews two wigs together for his big old head and breaks sunglasses to make a bigger but she can't put the nose on them because he hasn't got a nose yeah and he says i figured out the makeup the secret is to wear a color that's different for most of the people who live in the area yeah which obviously yeah ends up causing him trouble because yeah. that's not the secret he but he yes. thinks that means people will leave you alone yes rather um, than or that you're already visible but that's inherently funny that she's trying to like sew these wigs together and yes. out of love for this yeah. frog man. Do you think... She feels so sorry for him. Yeah. Do you think he's real? Yeah. Do you? Do you not think he's real? I d- I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I guess the, the ending... The ending made me feel less... That, he, that he's served a purpose. Yeah. And she goes. can't conjure him again. He doesn't come back. So where is he? Mm. It, it, I mean, it, leaves the, it leaves doubt in the reader's mind. Yeah. But he's very real to me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was very real until the end when you have that, spoiler, the car crash. Yeah. And he just disappears so quickly mm. and is able to dis. It just runs out. Yeah. And no one sees him again. That I suddenly was like, is this your grief? Is this what mm. you needed? Did you manifest what 
the love and care that you needed because somewhere in you, you knew your best friend was sleeping with your husband. One of the things that's really wonderful about him is how much he enjoys helping her with housework. Oh, so if you were going to have an that, imaginary yes, friend, exactly, wouldn't it be someone <clears throat> who like, was into hoovering and kept you company in those drudgery tasks that you are expected to do? He says he loves it because you use your fingers so much, but your body is still. So yeah. when he's like cleaning her silver and dusting, yeah. it's a really great thing. He really enjoys it. And he's just wearing an apron around the house with her. He doesn't have society's expectations of gender roles. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You, he becomes this, he's vegetarian, he's muscly, yes. he's healthy. He's know, good I'm, at sex. He's, he's very good at sex. Yeah. And, but in a very They like, have sex loads of times the first sort yeah. of night. And she's like, do your creatures, do you always have this much sex? And he's like, yeah, do you not? <laughs> <laughs> Is this normal? And she's like, well, no. no. It depends on the person and how they feel about it. It's like, oh, no, it doesn't It doesn't depend on how yeah. you feel about it. But what I love is it doesn't really matter if he's real. And also he is and he isn't. That's why I think she's such a good writer. Because mm. it's like, he very is. He's a really real character. He doesn't come across as a figment of imagination. It was only towards the end where I was like, oh, actually, have you been very unhappy? Because she hears the voices on the radio before he turns up. So you already know but she's not in a good place. There's a very careful distinction that the the radio voices that are in her head are soft and gentle. Yes. And that news thing is a very different tone. Yes. So we do know that news is true. Yeah, the news but it is could true. could be that, you that, know, that monster somewhere else. Well, also that amazing bit when she says to Estelle, so Larry mm. Frogman ends up killing Estelle's son. And she says to Estelle, you know, oh gosh, he's still out there. And Estelle does, it's like, oh, don't be stupid. There's no monster. There's no monster. Yeah. Some kids. And you think. Yeah. They were, that, it was a gang, yeah. And you think that does make more sense, Estelle. Yeah. Why? And she says like, why, why, what she said, what, see, like this huge, strong monster beat them all off. And you're like, not beat them all off. <laughs> so huge, strong monster Several times it is stressed. People see what they want to see. Yes. People see things in Times Square. Once they see them in an area, everyone will start seeing him. Yeah. And she has to explain that to Larry when he's saying, they keep saying on the news, I've been in these places and I know I haven't yeah, been there. Yeah. Maybe that's mad to think a frogman that Joey, and Joey has been running around with bad kids and they do get into stealing stuff. So now I'm open to this. So if he is there because she needs him, so her mind has conjured him a survival, then that's why he starts doing independent things like taking the car out by himself. Is That's the beginning of him having freedom, the beginning of him leaving. Yeah. She doesn't need him anymore because it's like, as Estelle says, you don't know what desire is. But she does now. But she does. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I read, obviously, I read an interview with Rachel Did you? Ingalls okay, great. saying um, initially when um, people wanted to make a film of it in the 80s, she was very resistant because she was like, you'd have to make a decision whether he's real or not. Mm. and then when the um, obviously many years later when she'd been popular and then lost it and then discovered she said she didn't care she was like a film is a separate thing to a book and it just has to be a good film and if they want to make that choice they make that choice but initially she said but also she's probably seen by then Fight Club one <laughs> you can <laughs> two things could be true at the same time someone can be both utterly real to the viewer but not really there oh my god Rachel you're alright <sighs> Do you know what? I've just seen Fight Club and um, it's changed a lot of stuff. <laughs> Feeling really different. This is what I thought was an interesting quote from her. She never sought the limelight. It rarely found her. She said, I'm really no good at meeting lots of strangers and I'd resent being set up as the new arrival in the zoo. And I thought, hmm, she's Frogman. Like, that's oh. the thing. She didn't, that feeling of like everybody clamouring for you and wanting a piece of you and yeah. everyone being like, what's, there's something strange and weird, but how are you? What, like, how have you existed? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Is, well, is Frogman her grief or part of her or part of all of us or does it matter? Like, it's a better story that he's real. Like, that makes the story way more interesting. It makes it a different world. Yes. You want the world to coexist. Yeah. You want it to be that he is literally. He's so matter of fact. There's something I, th- I thought was so beautiful about um, accepting things as they are. So mm. when she's describing women wanting men who seem, you know, like they could get oh, someone yeah, better yeah. or stronger, and he's saying, well, surely, surely we all just want what we, we actually have. And this is actually, I think, in response to her describing unhappiness. And um, he says, you've got all this. He spread his arms out away from the car to take in the earth and sky all around and said... You've got all this and you live here. It's your home. And that's so she's just said to him, like, oh, you're all I've got, as in I've got mm. nothing. He's like, you've got everything. And that's what I mean about like he's real and he's not real because she's at that point in grief where she's so alone and so isolated with all her feelings. And at a time where she's not having therapy, her husband's not talking to her about also it. Also, letting go of the fact that she's not probably not going to have another child now yeah. because if that was the only solution, mm. the only thing she could think that would rescue her life and mm. her marriage. Well, also it's interesting then the husband keeps saying, doesn't he, as well, like there's a bit where it seems like the husband's decided, yes. actually, I'm going to make an effort with this she's marriage. She's complained a lot about the fact that separate beds and that he's just made this decision that they don't have a sexual relationship. We're told they don't have sex, haven't had sex for two years. And there's a tide change based on Scrabble. Scrabble can be very erotic. <laughs> they play four rounds of Scrabble. And she beats him every time, so we yes. know she's much cleverer. Yeah. And he, she says, why do we stop playing this? He says, because you always win. Yeah. And you're like, okay, he can't mm-hmm. deal with her mm-hmm. and all of her brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she keeps using this phrase of, he thinks we could go back to where it was. Mm. And again, that's very, very grief thing in that you think you can go back to pre- the death of their child and she at this point has accepted you think that's what healing is returning back yeah. to a place before the thing and at happened. this point in the novel she's like we can't go back which at the start of the novel that's all she wants is fred to come back to her to have yeah. her life to have everything come back as normal and it and larry has showed her you you can't come back from having sex with a six foot seven program <laughs> you can't go yeah fred you, yeah. i constantly beat a scrabble who wears a crap tie and thinks he's funny yeah you You'll do.
that's another brilliant piece of writing when she says, oh, she's talking about the ocean and um, him being down in the ocean and worrying about him. But she says, the ocean was a world and a world is not art. Dorothy thought about the living things that moved in that world, large, ruthless and hungry, like us up here. Mm. <sighs> so simply done. Really simply done. Yeah. Dorothy's not a philosopher. She's a housewife. Yeah. I like that as well, that yeah. she often can't answer his questions. Yeah. She struggles with this. Yeah alien being and, d- and doubts her and doubts her answers could we talk about the Pisces quickly yeah because I did think this would be they'd be quite a good sort of double if mm. you wanted this book the sex is very matter of fact yes we know that you know it's not even really described you just no. know it's good <laughs> whereas the, with Pi- the Pisces that's the sex stuff is sort of quite a lot of it the drive of the story yeah and is really described a creature comes out of a merman a merman. A merman, would you and say? Then, yeah, a lonely person, in, a lonely woman in California starts yes. having very so, deep sex with a merman. Who's got a very sort of weird nubbin kind of penis. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the details. I <laughs> oh, can't you? Oh, the reason I remember it so much is because Dolly Alderton had read it and I'd read it and we were talking about it and Steen hadn't read it and she sent it to him and he never reads and he was really shocked. <laughs> He was really shocked. It's quite graphic. I, 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 you know, when you read, you know, just reading for yourself, I didn't quite take in the graphicness until Steve yeah. kept coming and going, he's got a nub in. <laughs> yeah, it's odd. Yeah. He's very beautiful and the sex is not like anything she's ever had. Mm. And the sex in the Pisces, I can't remember who it's by. Melissa Broder. Melissa Broder, thank you. Is, it's intricate to the plot. Like it's part yes. of that. It's, it's yeah. about a sexual awakening. Whereas yes. for Mrs. Caliban, again, perhaps... Um, because of when it's written. Also, I guess the difference is the Pisces, the merman is free, living yes. in the sea, swims off, whereas Larry's trapped in. Yeah, he Dorothy's didn't want to be here. Yeah. He didn't want to learn this language. He didn't want to come out of the sea. Whereas the yeah. merman sees her and is like, oh, yeah. hello. And then they agree to sort of have sex. Yes. Yeah, but let's talk about the Pisces. No, we have. All right. That, that, that was it. <laughs> I prefer this to the Pisces, definitely. Although I do think it's a more dated, more classical take on that story whereas I think yeah. Pisces is very like a very modern take yeah. on that but in both of them I think I read the creature is real that's maybe that what I find yeah as a, as a double I really I want Larry to be real and I do think I think that they, two serve, they true. serve something providing yeah. a, a heterosexual a, a heterosexual male in a situation where the female character has no use for human men anymore yes hmm maybe like that's that. what it is yeah I like that um because Dorothy couldn't have just met a man. Like, it couldn't have been Mr Mendoza that she was having this yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. process with. And there's also this relationship with men. She talks a lot about being a teenager and what she thought teenage, what she thought romance would be like. Mm. What she th- like, And her and her friend would follow, like, college Couples, lovers yeah. together and see them walking off and the certain, you know, dr- cliff points they'd drive out to. And she's been waiting her whole life for this type of romance. And now she's got it because Fred has not lived up to it and this bit really broke my heart they went swimming together and made love on the beach that's the level of sexual contact you're getting in Mrs yes, Caliban yeah. thank you very much that's what I'm after um, Dorothy still felt like a teen- teenager at the time when her hope and youth and adventurousness had left her she had believed herself cheated of those early years when nothing had happened to her although it might have later still she realised if she had made an effort she herself could have made things happen mm. I found that really heartbreaking yeah. As a cautious teenager, I was like, yeah. "Oh God!" But now it didn't matter. Here she was, so she's getting the the teenage man of her dreams. Yes, and she's very, very happy. Yeah, right from the beginning. Yeah, that glow of yeah. And people say you look yes. so well. You're yeah. looking really good because she's in love. Yeah, she's and that's why. Love. Also, you get the feeling that's why Fred decides 
Oh, maybe yes. we could have a marriage she again. She seems more attractive again. Because she's having an affair, technically. Which, mm. you know, and he's... Estelle assumes she's met someone as yes. well. Yes, which is why Estelle gets obviously excited because mm. they're trying, trying to break up this marriage the whole time. It's very Renaissance tragedy, like her ending. Yes. <laughs> like her way yeah. of getting this character out, which I, again, I liked and I think worked in a, in a shorter book in a novella. Mm. Like, I think what you're expecting, or maybe in a modern novel, is like, Larry disappears and then she figures out her life, but actually yeah. everyone around her dies. Yeah, and and she's told you that's what happens to her. Yeah. And you don't believe her. You think that's a grieving person. Yeah, I read that. It's like, oh, she's just in grief and, and that's not true. And actually, Fred dies, the yeah. kids die. Estelle's children die. Yeah. yeah, it's just her and Estelle left. in this. In, yes. And it, she replicates, Estelle becomes her. Mm. Estelle becomes loses both of her children and say that she has lost both of her children and they both lose Fred. So they're in, the only person who understands her now is Estelle and Estelle obviously by this point wants nothing to do with her. But she's, but that's why I mean, it's so interesting because you're sort of on her side. But by the end I was like, oh, actually Dorothy. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about the judgment calls is like Fred dies and we sort of feel like he deserves it. Mm. Well, he's kind of running her off the road. Yeah, he's chasing her because, because he's, he's realized... seen Larry the Frogman in yes. the car with her, and yes. everyone's looking for this scary sea monster. But why yeah. is he? His reaction even then? But if if Larry doesn't actually exist, then he just knows that he's caught. Yeah. He knows that she's seen him have sex the with a young girl. Yeah, yeah, Estelle's daughter, enthusiastically or however vigorously oh, yeah. against a bench. Yeah, really in the gross. tie that she had tied earlier mm. for him. Oh, that bit was so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, she really does cover the the characters. Are so, so what flawed. I mean about that's that same surfaceness of like so sad events. We don't we don't cry for Fred. We don't cry mm. for Estelle's children. We don't cry for Estelle. All of those huge things are plot. Yeah, they don't feel we don't emote. That's kind of the fairy taleness mm. of it, isn't it? Because it is. And again, I read a thing that she's obsessed with the Grim Brothers Grim fairy tales, and I was like, you can feel it with that ending of like. Yeah, horrific people just die that's the end yeah and, that, and there's a moralism to it so the son was part of a gang attacking the sea monster so the sea yeah. monster killed them and Larry keeps saying that to her doesn't it it's yeah. like but why do you care if I you didn't care about the science people oh yeah he actually asks he asks why is it different if you know someone yeah why is it more sad if you know them yeah because I killed the science guys and yeah. you were bothered but now I killed your friend's son and now you're bothered she's like well I knew him she's like yeah but there were still people. Yeah. I like the way she brings up these arguments without offering any explanation. Yeah, it's just social commentary. Yeah. We empathise with some people and not others. And Dorothy is left as speechless as we are as, as humans of like, well, I also couldn't answer Larry in that situation. It's like, but we do. And so, yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, I don't think it matters if he exists or not. I think it's just sort of at the end, I was like, is he real? Because I could really imagine, like, she's describing, oh... Fred's trying to run me off the road because he's seen Larry and you're like, I can imagine you on your own screaming at him. I've I've seen you have sex with Sandra Mm. and that's what he's trying to run off the road. And Sandra is in the car trying to grab the wheel, which I I mean, I did feel Mm. empathy for Estelle. Did you? Or like the kid? I thought it was horrible. Like what a horrible pile up at the end. Oh, for Estelle. So losing her children. Well, just the whole like renaissance, like everybody's dead by the end. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely, definitely did. But I guess that the author's decision to have Estelle not emote. Yes, I see. Oh, yeah. Having she's sort the, of I've like not cried yet. Numb, yeah. no, I'm going to be in control of this. She talks, I mean, which I found quite extreme, but she talks about like getting over her son's death just after her son's died. Who, Estelle? Yeah. Like I read that shock. Shock. Yeah, yes, yeah. Okay. She's in total shock. And I think Dorothy's reading it as shock as well. Mm. Like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like, it's just you can see it hasn't hit her yet at all 
and they're having to have this very public funeral because a scene wants to kill them so yeah. the press are all involved and yeah it's going to be on tv it's going to be on television and some of the fa- other families have sold the story and yeah it's i mean that's yeah it's it's amazing that she can keep that much madness under mm. control that you completely believe it you're not like oh my god hang on what <laughs> you're like yeah there's a reality to this folk tale yeah I mean, it's such a good book it's a good book, it's isn't a it? Yeah. Great book. But, but for me, it's a proper weirdo book. Yes, because she's a weirdo, definitely. And at the end, she just keeps weird, going back to the beach, weirdo, waiting for him. She's, and and but and he's a weirdo. It's about a weirdo arriving. The human emotions involved are very everyday and feel very represented, very true. But as you say, like within a story which is impossible. Yeah, it's completely impossible, and it does have that Shakespearean feel, doesn't it? Even though. I didn't want it to. <laughs> what, in what way? Well, like the magicalness of it, like the tempest. That oh, there's, there's a magical like, land. Oh, okay, like the donkey. The donkey. I mean, something like stream. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I've forgotten that bit. The tempest was a donkey. <laughs> yeah, that Shakespearean feel of like there's there's humans and there's reality and there's all this moralizing and this great philosophizing about how we are as people and there's a storm that brings other people and like to these two mm. people and some twins. I'm mashing all the stories together. And that that's fine and both of those coexist because actually what I'm telling you is about human nature mm. and I'm telling you in a magical folktale way. But I like that it's... Do you know, did she say in an interview that's why she called her Mrs Caliban? She's a massive Shakespeare fan. Really? Huge, yes. She, that's why she lived in England. Well, like a groupie. She was from America, born in Boston and um, she went to Germany for a while and... Like German, and then in the summer of 1964, she came to England, and that's when I know this as well because my mother-in-law was very involved with this. It was the quad set quadri centennial productions, so it was the 400, 400 years. years at Stratford Maven, and the RSC did like a huge, huge thing, and it's like very fake. I can't remember any of the names, but like those actors, I want to say Laurence Olivier. Let's double check that. But it's so, like so. This is 64, 64, and she stayed and watched all of them and it was like a huge thing my mother and I also watched mm. all of it and it like changed a lot of people's world that like they did every single play they did all the histories together you could wow, watch okay. the whole thing and it was like oh wow this text was born for people and the next year she moved here permanently and she was very yeah into Euripides and Shakespeare and the magicalness of yeah. that world but I so it was an intentional I think it's a reference but it doesn't feel yeah. What I like is it's not going, oh, you need to have read The Tempest. Because I hate that when you're like, oh, it's not just Mm. write a book that's good. Mm. And I feel like you get the reference, but it doesn't affect anything else. And also it's like, well, it could mean so many things. Mm. 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 Those are geniuses, weren't they? Well, I think she is a genius. Yeah, And she's written loads of other books that are all kind of short novellas. And I started reading about them. They all sound as mad and brilliant as this of like frogs coming out of baths and... Yeah. yeah, magical stuff happening and people sort of, but still living in this world where magical yeah. things happening. Love it. I'd say a big thumbs up for oh, the Weirdos yes. Book Club. Yeah. I feel bad for all the other books we haven't given anything. Five to. Weirdos out of five. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Really fantastic. Oh, I hope that people do go and find her. Yeah. And I also would recommend this new Faber editions with the lovely new introduction as oh, well. Have you been sponsored by Faber? Are you? I, no, you are. But I, <laughs> I liked the picture because the picture on all the other 80s book is like a creepy green. Yeah. I and I was that like, one. oh, I was like, I'd be scared to pick that up. I did like that one. I had to get another copy and I saw it and it was 40 quid though. Oh, God. I like the weird one. I like this one with a nice picture of a floaty green person and a floaty pink person. <laughs> it made me less scared of Frogman. Do we have a quote to end on? There was a bit about speciesism. 
and about how and she, and, and in her and she she explains to him that some people don't think women have souls. Yeah, historically, that was fun. Yeah, I like that they watch the Muppets, and she says, "Yeah, uh, the she calls them puppets. The puppet she liked best was the wild one with all the teeth, animal. His favourite was the saxophone player. <laughs> That's all you need to know about. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reading with us. <laughs> Thank you." Thank you for listening to the Weirdos Book Club. Next week's book guest is Things I Don't Want to Know by Deborah Levy. But things you do want to know are that Sarah's novel Weirdo and my book You Are Not Alone are both available now. And our next live show is on Thursday the 25th of January at Boyle's Tottenham Court Road. Tickets are available now. Thank you for reading Reading with with us. We We like reading with with you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. We have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands. <laughs>